changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, Rex and I had a truly inspiring and fantastic conversation with Peggy McCall. Peggy is New York Times bestselling author, renowned speaker. When we start the interview, Rex goes through all the bullet points, so I won't I'll spare you guys from going over twice. There's just too many to name right now. Yeah. Such an inspirational person, an inspirational interview. I loved um, this interview, and I hope that people who listen to it take away some of these amazing nuggets to apply to their life today. Yeah, it was a, a real honor to be able to interview Peggy because I know that she's super busy, and she just has just so much wisdom to drop. So if you're listening to this, get out a notepad because she just really has a ton of impactful tips that people can really, um, you know, just take one or two and start making some change in your life. It's really awesome that um, she shares her story of how she was before Mm -hmm. she started doing some of the things that she mentions and, you know, where she's at now is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's so true. Take some notes, like notepad. If you're like in a car, you know, basically you plan on listening to this again later when you yeah. can write down some notes, because there are some things that she talks about that are just so powerful that all of us could start to apply right now. Um, and the, Go- the law of Goya, you know, which you guys will yeah. learn about later, which, if, <laughs> which happens to all of us, you know, it's, yeah. it happens to all of us, but it's one of those things that it's like, you gotta, you gotta make moves. And, and she talks about manifesting and how, what's one of her biggest passions is manifesting, how she's manifested money and houses. And, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. You know, if you, and if you want more out of life, if you want yeah. more life, and you're not happy with, with where you're at right now and you want more, Peggy's the person that you need to be following, um, consuming her content, going to her website, subscribing to her email list, following her on social media, buying her programs. I mean, you got to come in and, and, and consume this content. And, you know, if you're right now, if you're listening to this and your hair is standing up on the back of your neck, you're like, uh, you know, uh, that's your paradigm. You may hear some of this stuff about making money or whatever it may be. And you're like, oh, you know, I just want to live a happy life. Hey, you can manifest a happy life too. And it really just comes down to, we all have these built-in programs of how we think. And she talks about, you know, how you can start to break those down through education and through taking action. Yep. Yeah. That, you're so right. The paradigm. I remember specifically, um, this successful network marketer, Brighart said, I've been rich and I've been broke. And Hey, it's better to be rich. There's no shame in making money. And, and, and like, we don't, that's like, once again, that's a paradigm that a lot of people have is, Oh, yeah. when you're rich, you're greedy. When you're rich, you know, you're a bad person. It's like, no, that's your paradigm. And if you have that paradigm, okay, you can keep that, but you're never going to be successful or wealthy because or you won't be able to help right. other people. You won't be able to help other people. Yeah. That's another yeah. thing. It's like, who's the ones who give away the most amount of money as philanthropists? It's people who yeah. have money. So yeah. like, you know, I love the quote that it's like, you know, um, like money only like amplifies what you are. So like yeah. if you're, if you're a giving loving person, then money is only going to make you more of a giving loving person. If yeah. you're super selfish and greedy, like money's going to make you more selfish and more greedy. So if you go into it, with the right paradigm and the right mind state, you're only going to amplify what you already are. Yep. So good. Hope you enjoy the episode and please subscribe and share.
All right. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to introduce today's guest. She is the president and founder of Dynamic Destinies. Peggy McCall has a proven track record of over 35 years helping individuals achieve their goals. As a New York Times bestselling author and manifestation mentor, Peggy has been endorsed by some of the most renowned experts in the personal development field, including Bob Proctor, Jim Rome, Debbie Ford, Neil Donald Walsh, and many others. From stay-at-home moms and dads to New York Times best-selling authors, Peggy McCall is dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Peggy, welcome to my corner of the universe. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be in your corner of the universe. I love the name of your podcast. That's such oh, a cool thanks. name. Thanks. <laughs> so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey of how you got to where you're at now? Sure. Well, a number of years ago, I started to study personal development because uh, the company that I was working for had hired this wonderful speaker by the name of Bob Proctor to come in and do this kickoff event for our organization. I was 20 years of age at the time. So we're going back 41 years. And I was a very negative person. I was extremely insecure and miserable. And it was everyone else's fault that my life wasn't working because I certainly wasn't taking any responsibility for it. And I think to some degree, it was easy to just blame others, right? Blame your parents, blame your boss, blame your teachers, blame whoever you possibly can. And when my employer told me we had to go to this event, I was like, no way am I going to this event. Like, I'm out of here. I'm just going to. And But I was told, you have to go. There's no choice. And so we were mandated to go. And I was sort of pushed into this meeting room. And I specifically arrived late so that I could maybe take a <laughs> seat in the back of the room and maybe sneak out at the first opportunity. So I arrived at the, the ballroom and all the other employees were in there and it was packed and it was full and there weren't any seats in the back of the room. There was one seat in the very front oh row God, of course. <laughs> in the middle. So I was like, okay, come on over here, sit here. So I sat there and then Bob Proctor came on stage and he woke me up and he said so many things that really you know got me to pay attention. And he said one thing, he quoted Vernon Howard and he said, you cannot escape from a prison unless you know you are in one. Mm. And I was in a prison of my own making. And that was it. It was like that evening when it's like all the stars seemed to come in alignment and the lights went on. And it's like, oh my goodness, I'm responsible for my miserable life. And if I'm responsible for how messed up it was, I'm also responsible for fixing it. And that's when I began my journey of like deep dive into the study. And I started experiencing positive change. And then I decided I'm going to incorporate a company. I'm going to help other people because I was in pain, not Mm. physical pain, but emotional pain. And when you're in emotional pain, it manifests itself into all kinds of things. And quite often physical pain as well. I ended up having multiple surgeries. I mean, it was like not a, not a happy place to be. And so I incorporated my company in 1994, started doing workshops at my dining room table. I was doing it part-time while I worked full-time. And then I just cut the cord and went into my business full-time. And that was scary, but I'm glad I did because I love what I do so much. I just, you know, wake up every day just giving thanks. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so blessed to do what I do every single day. And business just gets better and better and better all the time. So in the early 2000s, around 2002, I became an author. 
that was, it wasn't like one of those lifelong dreams. One day I'm going to do this and this is what I've always wanted to do. It was just an idea that popped in my mind and I paid attention to it, right? It's like when we get inspired with ideas, I think it's important to pay attention to those ideas. So I paid attention to this calling, if you will, to write my first book, which is a book called On Being the Creator of Your Destiny to help people understand the role they play Mm. in their life. And it's written in very layman's terms. So it's not complicated. It's not something they have to read and reread and reread and get a dictionary out and try and figure out what the hell does that word mean. (laughs) This is very, very simple understanding so that people can make positive change in their life. And I wrote uh, two more books within a year. I was doing all this marketing online. Oh, wow. I had, uh, like back in the 90s, I actually worked for a company when I was had a job at J-O-B. I worked for the very first internet service provider in our country. Wow. And I was selling dedicated access to the internet. And it was li- like little 64K and 128K ISDN lines. I mean, that's what I was selling. Wow. Which, you know, so that people could, you know, put their little flag in the ground and say, here, this is me. This is my website. <laughs> so I was involved with the World Wide Web very early. And so I actually hired a guy to program a shopping cart before shopping carts were even popular. I was wow. selling stuff online. So I started selling things online, sold my books online, sold my courses online, sold my mentoring services online. And because I was creating such great success with it, a lot of people started to come to me and said, would you show me how to do it? Would you help me do it? Mm-hmm. Would you guide me? And that's how I got into doing the work that I'm doing. It just keeps getting better and better every day in every way. That's great. And what was the name of your first book? It's called On Being the Creator of Your Destiny. It's okay. out of print uh, now. And the reason why I took it out of print is that obviously my awareness has changed. I'm a very right. serious student. I've been a serious student for 41 years. I study every day. I teach every day. And uh, so I took it out of print because it's not as applicable. I mean, it's still good. It's still, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like timeless stuff. Right. But I believe I've written better books since then. Wow, that's great. I love the story, Peggy. Um, let's go back to that seminar. Did you know who Bob Proctor was before you went there? Had you heard oh. his name? Or it was just, oh, it was just, you didn't know him from Adam, any name. It was just, it's just some guy up there t- yeah. talking some motivational stuff. Yeah. And you know what's interesting about that is that. Bob had basically gotten out of the business. You know, he had, I don't know what had happened. And he tells this story. He'll tell this story on stage. And so something had happened. He just decided he didn't want to do this anymore. And he had gone down to Atlanta. I think he was staying somewhere in the States. And and uh, he was basically off the grid. And someone had called him, a guy named Duncan Forche, who was the director. He was a, a director in the company that I worked for. And Duncan called Bob and said, and they didn't know each other. I think somehow Duncan got Bob's number from somewhere and, and called Bob and said, Hey, we want to do this event. We want you to come and kick off our team event and you're perfect for it. And Bob's like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And he said, no, no, you have to, you absolutely have to. And almost begged Bob to do it. Oh. And so Bob agreed. And thankfully he did because he's, you know, back in the business and he's been doing phenomenal ever since. Yeah. I love two parts of that story mainly taking uncomfortable steps that you did twice. Obviously you went to the seminar you didn't want to go to. And then when you show up there, like you wanted to sit in the back and the only space is in the front. And you probably could have said, well, I'm just going to not sit. I'm going to lean against the back wall, but making right. that uncomfortable choice to walk up to the front and how much different your life would have been if you maybe would right. have just hung yeah. out in the back instead of just saying, no, I'll go sit in the front. 
So true. So true. And, you know, I think it's all perfection today, you know, but I used to think, honestly, guys, like I remember going to bed at night and crying myself to sleep because I thought I was destined to live this impoverished life because mm. I was raised a very poor. I mean, we lived in a tiny little home. It was 600 square feet. There was my mom, my dad, my two brothers, my sister. I was the baby. Everybody was miserable. They're always fighting. Never heard the words, I love you. We were all getting beaten and abused. And mm. I mean, it was hell. I mean, it was some kind of hell. And I'm not blaming my parents. My parents, you know, had the same when they were being raised, right? right. Like, you know, my my father's stories would curl your hair. Maybe not so much yours, but <laughs> 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 but it was brutal. You know, what he had gone through, you know, the beatings. And I mean, at one point, his like when when my grandmother was pregnant with my dad, his father died. So here she was, a single mom, two right. kids. And, uh, and so at one point she gave the kids up, she put them in an orphanage for a period of time. And and I mean, then my dad went through hell. And so, you know, he did the best he could with what he knew. And that's what I was raised in. And now I, I, again, I'm grateful for it now because it helps me understand other people's personal pain. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like it's, it's not fun to cry yourself to sleep at night thinking how miserable your life is. And now I know just how important it is to really pay attention to what you're thinking about before you go to sleep. Cause that's going to dictate what's going to show up in your life most of the time. Mm, that's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. So during that process from this first seminar to uh, your first book, are you continuing to, to just jump into personal development at that point? Just, I was an addict, like an absolute, yeah. if okay. I've ever had an addiction for anything, it's that. And I okay. still have it. And if you see my office, you'll see I'm surrounded by books. And, you know, I've got my little AirPods plugged in here. And uh, this morning I was listening to me talk to me. I mean, every day, I don't miss a day of doing the work that I'm doing. I'm extremely disciplined and I've become extremely Mm. disciplined. So I don't think I've ever missed a day of studying in the last 41 years. Wow. 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 That's impressive. If you're taking notes out there, that's (laughs) put a star by that one. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's impressive. Yeah, I love the personal development field as well. Actually, Rex was the one who introduced me to it probably, what, 12 15, years ago, yeah, 15 something, years ago, something, something like, like that. that. Started with, you know, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar. And, oh, uh, nice. Once that world gets opened up, it's like, you know, it's so funny how, bef- you know, kind of like, you know, you going to that seminar before you open your mind to it, it just seems corny and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this stuff. But then like, you realize how much value there is there and how oh, important so it is. It's, it's incredible. It is. You know, I met both Zig and Jim, actually, um, Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn. I was very yeah. blessed to meet them. And a lot of the, the classics, you know, the guys that have now passed on. But it's, uh, I, you know, the truth is that if we're not working on getting better, we are getting worse because mm-hmm. nothing stays the same. That's nothing. so true. Mm-hmm. All right, we lost connection with Peggy there briefly, but we're just going to pick up right where we left off. Sure. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, I think I think what I, I think what I was saying is like right now doing what I'm doing, I don't have to work any longer because we're financially set for life and I thank God for that every single day. Mm-hmm. And but I love it so much because of the difference it makes in other people's lives and a, a but a month or so ago, I was speaking at a conference in Los Angeles, and I was 
in the lobby and I was heading down to the conference room and this woman spotted me and she starts walking directly toward me. And I didn't know who she was. I had never met her before and I could tell she was heading toward me and I didn't know what to expect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she literally grabbed me by the shoulders and she had tears in her eyes and she said, I want to thank you. And I said, for what? She said, you saved my life. I was like, oh, my goodness. And so she just talked about how she's been following me and been in some of my programs and watches all my videos. And she said it absolutely changed her life. And then she explained why. And and I'll just for confidentiality, I won't say that. But when you hear things like that, like you guys with your podcast, you know, you get such great feedback. You know, it's helping people. You know, you're doing it willingly. Mm -hmm. You're willingly giving. Right. And it's amazing how good comes back to you, multiplied in many cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're trying, as you were, to, you know, shift the paradigm, which transitions into what I'd love to hear you talk about a little bit more about paradigm and how people change them. Oh, my God. What a great question that is. I think that's probably one of the most important questions ever is, you know, first of all, a paradigm are a set of belief systems, right, that are literally controlling everything about us. The words that are coming out of our mouth, the language that mm-hmm. we're speaking, our, our feelings, our thoughts, you know, our actions, our behaviors, our habits, they control every part of it. And everyone, every one of us have paradigms that are supportive. And we have paradigms that are non-supportive. And I think it's important to, not that you have to go in and like analyze, and I use that word analyze (laughs) the way I did. (laughs) We don't need to analyze who we are and why we are the way we are. But I think it's important to understand my process works like this. Decide on what you want. Like, what would you love to be experiencing in your life? What would you love to do? Where would you love to go? What do you want to be? What do you want to be known as? You know, what would you like to experience? And then what do you need to believe in order to have that? This is simple, Mm -hmm. right? What do you need to believe in order to have that? So if you're looking to create a phenomenal business, for example, or an online podcast that millions of people are are listening to every single day, we need to believe that you're worthy of that. And of course, for everyone, there's going to be a different answer. It's not like a one size fits all. So somebody might say worthy, deserving, um, that you've got something of value that you're sharing with the world. And it might only be those three things, right? Mm -hmm. And then... And then, okay, if that's what I need to believe, that's what we can build upon. And that's what I've been doing for many, many years. Because I came from this environment that was very dysfunctional and abusive. And obviously, my paradigms had been set. And they were reflective in my results, which weren't good. And they were reflective in my BA, my bad attitude. (laughs) And so I I had to change them. And it took a long time. Like I was like, just turned 20 when I met Bob Proctor. So it had been 20 years of building those paradigms up to that point. And they were like firmly embedded. That was going to be my question. Was this, is it like layers of an onion? You you get one and then, okay. Yeah. That's I love to describe it as layers of onion. <laughs> I actually had a conversation with Bob Proctor recently. We're sitting in in the green room before we went on stage and we were talking about that same thing. And I said, Bob, do you feel it's like layers of onions that you're just peeling off another layer? And yeah. he said, Yeah, that's a good way to good way to describe it. Rex, I did the exact same thing. I said that because I think that's what, what it is. Because most of us, we not most of us, all of us put a cap, we put a mm-hmm. ceiling on what we think's possible, what we think's possible for us. So your earnings, as an example, the amount of money you have or don't have is a reflection of what your paradigms are. Right. So back in the 90s, you know, when I, you know, from study, what you get is awareness. Mm. You get results from applying what you've learned. 
So it's like Bob used to say, and still says, no amount of reading, going to seminars, listening to these materials, watching videos is going to bring you anything unless, unless and until you understand it and then apply it. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people get to is this place of understanding and they're not doing anything with their understanding, right? Yeah. The knowing doing gap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of like the analysis by paralysis, you know, that happens a lot. I know that happens a lot. Um, Cause you know, like the network marketing industry is always really big and connected to personal growth and you get that stuck right. in that situation to where it's great. You're consuming all this information and then you're going to consume more and consume more and consume more. And that's not a bad thing, but you kind right. of forget about the aspect of application. <laughs> right. Well, I used to have a radio show years ago. And uh, I had a lot of different guests. It was called Attracting Abundance. And nice. I invited, uh, I used to have Bob Proctor was on it and Neil Donald Walsh. And of course, these guys all became my clients. And John Asraf was on it one time. And John and I, and John and I have known each other for many, many years. He was also a Canadian and moved down to San Diego. And we we're talking about the laws of the universe, law of cause and effect, law of polarity, law of compensation, the law of vibration. And I said, John, out of all these laws, which one of yours is the favorite, your favorite of them all? And he thought about it for a minute and he said, it would be the law of Goya. And I remember when he answered, and you guys would know this too from being podcast hosts. I remember when he answered, I'm thinking to myself, is it better to to open your mouth and have people know that you're stupid (laughs) (laughs) or or just keep quiet, right? And and, uh, so... I didn't know what the law of Goya was. I'd never heard that term before. It didn't make any sense to me. And I'm thinking to myself, it's all happening within a fraction of a second. second. I'm I'm thinking to myself, if I don't know what the law of Goya is, I'm quite certain my listeners don't know what the law of Goya is. So I said to John, I said, listen, I got to tell you, I'm familiar with all the laws, but I've never heard that one before. What is it? And he said, well, think about this. He said, it's important to understand all those laws, but unless you do something with it, so the law of Goya is the law of get off your ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an acronym. Got it. Yeah, it's an acronym for get off your butt. Anyways, um, so back in the 90s, you know, when I was really, my awareness had increased to another level, I decided that I was going to create this audio recording for myself. And so what I did was I scripted out my life basically blending in all my goals as if they're done written in the present tense, along with all the belief systems, the paradigms that are necessary in order to experience that. And I recorded it and I called it my power life script. And I listened to it every day and it really reprogrammed my mind. Hmm. Now I listen to it seven times a day, every day. And it's approximately 30 minutes long. So that is, whoa. Yeah. And so it's, you know, so quite a few minutes of listening, but what's neat is like this morning, you know, we got up, we're having coffee, you know, just sort of run around the house doing things. I'm doing laundry today while I'm working and things like that. I just plug, like if I'm not sitting here doing work at my desk, mm-hmm. I pick these up. That's why they're with me all the time. And I just plug them into my ears. Like last night, Denny was watching the hockey game. I'm not, you know, I like hockey, but I'm not always paying attention to it. So I'll watch the game with them with my earbuds in. So I'm reprogramming my brain while I'm doing that. And yeah. it's so easy to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do it too a lot. Yeah. yeah. I know. feel bad for my wife because like I'm cooking dinner or whatever. <laughs> you just have your <laughs> earbuds in listening to something. Yeah. And it's so good. I mean, it's really good. We feed our bodies every day, right? I got a glass of water here. I mean, right. yeah. feeding our bodies every day. And like you guys do, I feed my mind every day, my spirit. Yeah. So are you stitching that together? I can't imagine 
being able to get 30 minutes of uh, continuous thought uh, recorded down into a, a script like that. Yeah. You know, what I've done is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've studied, like Joseph Murphy is one of my favorite as well. And I'll be reading something his or Neville Goddard. And like, I, I, I read this book every single day. It takes me about 25 minutes. It's called feeling is the secret by okay. Neville Goddard. And so there's, you'll see in here, like I've got paragraphs highlighted asterisk in the corner, you know, page, you know, pages are turned over corners are turned over. And so if I hear something or I read something that says, you know, like in order for you to accomplish, you've got to be feeling as if your goal has already been manifested. So, mm -hmm. and Neville Goddard teaches people to focus on the feeling that now that their dream is fulfilled, how do they feel? So I had this made, mm -hmm. which is a little wooden structure that says, now that my dream is fulfilled, how do I feel? And I've got one beside my bed and all of that. So if I'm if I'm, or this, this is another quote that I heard a number of years ago, your success is absolutely guaranteed. Yeah, I like that. So when I'm reading stuff and I hear something like that and I feel a response in my physical body, I think, oh, I really like that. So I put in my life script, Peggy, your success is absolutely guaranteed. Your happy marriage with your wonderful husband, Denny, is absolutely mm. guaranteed. You owning that, you know, blah, blah, blah is absolutely guaranteed. And some of them are already there. Like I've been happily married now for many, many years. Um, but I have it in my script because it's that important to me. Like uh, I love, okay. I yeah. love being happily married. There's a lot of people in this world who are yeah. not happily married. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. That was really, really, really good. Because when you were talking earlier, you said a quote about, um, you know, you can't escape from a prison if you don't know you're in one. And I wrote right. that down when you said that, because I was like, oh, that's such a good quote. I'm gonna write that down. But what you just did was take it to the next level, which is so great is you inserted yourself. You said, uh, Peggy, your success is guaranteed where I just yeah. wrote the quote, but you took it, internalized it and moved it to an affirmation. And that yeah. to me feels like it's something that is a whole nother level of power when you start to take those powerful quotes and turn them into a self affirmation. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. You know, it's kind of like a blending of goals and affirmations all into one. But here's what's really important. And I ensure that, you know, I teach people how to create their power life script as well. But here's what I teach people. You've got to feel it right? You got to be able to feel it. So mm -hmm. if you're talking about your beautiful home, like we bought this home and moved in last year and it's 9,200 square feet. we got eight bathrooms, seven bedrooms. There's two of us here. <laughs> it's gorgeous. We're on a private golf course. And so when, when, before we even bought it, I was describing living in the dream home. I was describing what it felt like, you know, how much mm -hmm. I loved it, how mm -hmm. much we love it, how much we appreciate it, how we love our neighborhood, how we love walking our dogs in the neighborhood and all of that. So it's really important to, there's, there's a couple of real key things. One is that you write it as if you're already living it now. And then two, cause you don't say by the year 2021, blah, blah, blah. If you are looking to become a multimillionaire or you want your personal net worth to be, you know, X millions where you say it now as if mm -hmm. it's your right now. And then the other thing is absolutely no negative words whatsoever. So somebody who is right. in debt and they want to get out of debt, you wouldn't say I'm no longer in debt because what does that say? You're debt, debt, right. debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and so those are really, really key, key parts of it. It really is like I absolutely believe in what Neville Goddard says. It's feeling is a secret. And Neville Goddard has been one of my absolute favorite teachers of them all. Wow. And, okay. uh, and I only started studying Neville maybe eight or nine years ago. So, I mean, unlike others, like Joseph Murphy was right when I started studying Bob Proctor 41 years ago, 
he would recommend Napoleon Hill and Earl Nightingale and Dr. Joseph Murphy and all these other guys. Mm -hmm. And I started studying them for some reason. I didn't get to Neville until 2012, but I'm glad I did because I, it's sort of, to me, it's like a culmination of everything. Like if you said to me, Hey Peggy, you got to go to an Island. You can bring one book with you and that's it. What would you bring? I would very likely bring Neville's book. Feeling is the secret. Okay. That's an endorsement and a half right there for for all of us to get that book. Definitely. it's so you're a New York Times bestselling author. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that was in a Power Life script at some point, right? It definitely yeah, was. Yeah. And, and it what was. was the book uh, that that hit the the bestseller the list for you? It's called Your Destiny Switch. And you know what's interesting is kind of funny. I was going to say funny, maybe not so funny, but um, this book is published. Your Destiny Switch is published by Hay House. But I remember it just had a flash in my mind, Rex, as you asked that question. I remember when I decided to become an author and I told my parents, I said, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to write a book. And they're like, you, right. you're going to write a book. I mean, it, I mean, still non-supportive. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like they were horrible. I think they got better over the years, you know, because yeah. I was just all about, I'm getting out of here and I'm going to change my life. And they Hmm. watched that. They watched the unfoldment. And I think to some degree it inspired them. Because I remember one time my mom asked me if she could come to one of my seminars. And I said, sure. And she came to the seminar. She sat in the back of the room. And when it was done, and I was talking about goals, like how important it is to have goals and how you need to write goals. And she wrote a list of goals, which she had never done before. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. And so we got back to her house that evening and I said, let me see your goals. And she had, I think, 10 goals written down. But at the bottom of it, she said, and when all this happens, I will be grateful. And that's the way most people think backward. Right. And I said, mom, feel the gratitude now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Feel as if it's here right now, because when you do, that's when you're going to manifest it in a physical form. But she didn't have that awareness. She didn't have that understanding either. But she was kind of like, you know liking this stuff yeah that's so good absolutely and and so you you leading up to that bestseller um you envision what it would be like to actually hit the new york times bestseller list was it similar to what you envisioned (laughs) i'm I'm laughing because it's it's such a great question because i think you're going to appreciate the answer i had i took the cover of the book and because I got the cover before the book was released, Hay House sent me a, a visual of the cover or electronic file. So I printed it in color. And then I went on my bookshelf and I pulled off the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And it had a gold embossed <laughs> emblem that said New York oh, Times yeah. bestseller. I cut it off. I pasted it on my cover. I went back to the Business Depot store and I made multiple copies. I That's framed awesome. one and I put it on my desk. I still have that frame. It's in my drawer in my office here. Well, I framed great. one, put it in my drawer. I put one on my fridge. I put one on my mirror. I put one beside my bed. I just put them everywhere so I'd see it. And then I went online to the New York, to the New York Times bestseller list. And I did like a copy paste into a Word document. So I'd have their logo and it would look official. And I scratched out the book that was sitting there on the New York Times bestseller list. I put <laughs> my name, my yeah. book on there. And I put that in a little plastic like stand on my desk and I saw that every day so I was already fully connected to the experience of I am a New York Times bestselling author I had my signature before you know I didn't show it to the world but before I was a New York Times bestseller I had it in my signature from my email I had it in my bio and these were all visuals that I used so the day my literary agent called me it was a Monday and I remember the Monday night I was at home 
And um, my ex-husband, Charles, was bringing my son, Michelle, home. And I was at home, and it was just about the time where Michelle was arriving. The phone rang, and I grabbed the phone. And it was my agent, Kathy Hemmings, saying to me, hey, Peg, I just want to tell you that your book made the New York Times bestseller list. And I was, like, jumping up and down like I was on a pogo stick. <laughs> yeah. But here's what happened. I, I'm jumping up and down, and I'm thinking, I don't feel any different. Yeah, wow. Right? Why would I if I was really feeling it? Yeah. That's that's a great story. Well, I feel yeah. like the difference is for some people sometimes is you might do that, but if you didn't internalize it and really feel it, then it was just yeah. like, oh, I printed that up there. And then all of a sudden you get excited. But it sounds like to me, like you made like a, that paradigm shift in your mind and in your soul of who you are, that you are a, be- a New York best times selling. Absolutely. When it happened, yeah, it was like, that's what I am. You know? Yep. I've done it with with all the homes I've manifested. I teach a, a course called Manifest Your Dream Home because I'm a little bit of an addict for real estate as well. I love mm-hmm. real estate and I just keep, you know, moving up. And although I think for now we're probably happy Good, with this yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it, we did have another home. We had a waterfront place and last fall someone came along and offered us to buy it. It wasn't for sale. It wasn't on the market. And we love this place. But what I didn't love about it was it was very small. It was older. We had renovated it, but you could still smell, you know, the old smell. And mm-hmm. so there was a, a desire within me to have a better place, a nicer place. And uh, so poof, you know, the thought pops in my consciousness. Hey, it probably would be nice to kind of sell this, but you know, we had a lot of flooding there. I mean, our city, Ottawa was in a state of emergency last spring because of the flooding. Wow. And I mean, they had to bring in the, whatever the army. I mean, they, it was, it was a mess here and our cottage was no longer, <laughs> it was an Island. <laughs> I mean, it was surrounded by water, two feet of water in my driveway. Oh, wow. It didn't Gosh. get in the cottage. It didn't get in the building, but you know, it was, and so I thought the thought, oh, it'd be nice to sell this, but who would buy it with the flooding? You know, if anyone knows the area, they know about all the flooding. And I thought, no, let that go. You don't have to know how. That is a really key, key message right Mm, there. You decide what you want. You do not have to know how. And I said, okay, well, I think I'd love to. And this was just something that was going on in my own mind. I didn't share it with my husband or anything like that. And then our neighbor came down to the cottage one day. We're having Moscow mules on the deck. (laughs) And uh, she says, my brother wants to buy your cottage. I said, well, it's not for sale. And he, she said, no, no, you don't understand. He really wants your cottage. He lives in California, uh-huh. right? He'd never seen it. He'd been by in a kayak, I think one time, but he'd never been, <laughs> <laughs> been in the building. I said, but the property was spectacular. I really think it was the nicest piece of land on the entire lake. It was on a point and it was beautiful. And the cottage was almost right at the edge where the water was. Like You felt like you're on a cruise ship because uh-huh. you go sit on the deck and you just look turn your head any direction and it was water and it was so pretty so pretty and so uh uh, she said well talk it over with your husband so i talk it over denny and he's like no we're not selling that cottage Mm -hmm. like you know he had his fishing boat i mean he loved it there and uh and then i got an email from her saying just name your price so i said to denny listen you know the flooding you know i'd really like a newer cottage or like new cottage or like something bigger so we can have more guests and because we had built a cabin beside the cottage and I really wanted to expand and build something bigger and mm-hmm. and he goes yeah I guess so so we gave him our price we said it's non-negotiable he wanted to close in two weeks and it was an all-cash deal wow. no conditions so we're like okay and we okay. sold it <laughs> wow so I know the process of manifesting any any home any real estate is to live in it in your consciousness now 
Mm, and same thing yeah. with creating a New York Times bestseller. You live as if it's already done. And no one yeah. needs to know you're even doing it, right? You could be walking down the street and you're living in your dream home. You could be, you know, driving your car down the road and you're feeling as if you're a New York Times bestseller. I remember one time putting sunglasses on and a baseball cap, going to the grocery store because I, you know, I was playing the part of, oh, people are going to recognize me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like, I can't go anywhere without people recognizing me. And I just want to go get my groceries and go home, you yeah. know, like some kind of a celebrity. Yeah. And it's all a game. It's a game is what it is. Wow. Um, going back to the law of Goya, um, you have someone that has reached a new level of awareness and what typically happens for them not to take action is fear. Can you talk about what that if if you're afraid of something, how you need to move through it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Fear. I mean, fear is just like a natural part of going for your big dreams, I believe. And uh, when you ask that question, I'm reminded of uh, 25 years ago uh, when I was getting divorced from Charles. Our son, Michelle, was two. And wow. I decided I was going to buy a home for us. And the matrimonial home wasn't selling. We couldn't give it away. It was a real estate market at that time was just not moving. And, uh, but I never let that impact me. And I remember going to look at open houses, new home showrooms, things like that. And Charles, my ex-husband would say to me, why do you bother? You know, and I say, well, I'm going to buy a home. And he's like, with what, you know, like with Mm -hmm. what money. Right. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't understand that whole concept of you don't need the money until you make the decision. Right. Which is Mm -hmm. what Bob teaches. And uh, I didn't have to know how, and I know that, but not everybody thinks that way. Mm-hmm. And so I had found this home and, and uh, ended up buying it. It's a longer story. We'll probably take the entire time of our interview here, but the long and short of it is I bought the home with a cash advance on my visa. I, and I don't recommend people go to buy a home right. with cash advance on <laughs> yeah. the visa. Please yeah. don't misunderstand me here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I signed a legally binding contract and I knew this about myself. I knew that I'd follow through. I knew I'd find a way. And ultimately what happened was I bought this house, but then had that fear come up going, what the heck are you doing here? Right. right? Like, have you mm-hmm. literally lost your mind? And, uh, and I ended up doing a deal where I moved into the home and then closed the deal six months later. But after I moved into the home, I had taken everything that I had from my retirement savings plan and put it on in this home. And I was occupying it and paying an occupancy fee before the closing. And fear was just showing up right, left and center. I mean, obviously, like, holy crap, what have you done? You're going to not only are you going to lose all the retirement money that you put in this house, you and your son are going to be out in the street. And it's like, as soon as that would come up, that fear would come up, I would start to pay attention to it and simply shut it down. Mm. Like, you are not going to own me, fear. And I would ask myself a very powerful question. And this question has become a big state shifter for me. And the question was, what would you love? So whenever I'd feel the fear of, holy crap, you're going to lose your house, you're going to be out in the street, you're going to lose your retirement money, what the hell have you done? I would just stop myself and say, Peggy, what would you love? Well, I'd love having all the money to complete this deal and pay for this house and own it and enjoy it with my son. Okay, what does that feel like? Ah, well, it feels good. And it, just yeah. that process, what would you love? What does it feel like? Just moves you right into the state of the wishes fulfilled, right? It's done. That's great. great That is great. Yeah. Yeah. And I would do that over and over again because that fear would show up. And it still does, you know, even to this day, it shows up when you're growing, when you're stretching yourself, fear is absolutely going to be a part of the equation. Just recognize that it's there 
and just stare it in its face and say, you're not going to own me. I'm going to step in a faith. So, and mm. you think about a dimmer switch on the wall, like mm-hmm. one that goes up and down, the bottom of the switch is fear. The top of the switch is faith. So you're just not at the right place. So just switch it up, you know, use degrees, different techniques, move it up to faith. Power Life Script will move you up to faith, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah, that's so so good. I feel like so many people needed to hear that because, you know, we hear a lot of times about people being fearless and maybe fearless is not really a reality. Like fear is (laughs) always going to be there. It's natural. It's just those that can open. Like you you said, those those tips those two things are so applicable that somebody could just every single time fear steps in hey Vaden, what do i love okay how would that make me feel and all of a sudden it gets yeah. me to start to change my emotions and my feeling and focus on the positive versus the fear that's so hey, and you want to hear something so i think you guys will like this so at the time that that was all going on i worked for that internet company right the first internet company in our country to offer mm-hmm. dedicated access well they decided to go public i didn't really know what that meant but as an employee we got to buy some stock right and they were non-restrictive or unrestricted shares that we could sell when the company went public the company went public four days before my closing i put all the money i saved on that stock and it skyrocketed and i sold it i had the money three days later took it to the lawyer and closed the deal oh i love it Uh, that's a great story that's so good now, yeah. if you had to ask me, hey, Peggy, how are you going to pay for this house? You know, when I bought it, which was six, seven months earlier, I didn't know. And of course, does that make sense? Now, fortunately, when I did the deal, they didn't say, how are you going to pay for this? They didn't ask. So I thought, they don't ask. I don't know anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I love uh, Steve Jobs has a quote where he says, you can't connect, connect the, the dots, dots looking forward, but you can looking back. And gosh, that is a great story of just that. In yeah. Itself. Yeah. I mean, you even think about like an inventor, like what you're doing is you're inventing your future. Like an inventor doesn't yeah. know how they're doing something because they're literally inventing it. You know, like if so you're like, true. they can't look at a manual, like Thomas Edison <laughs> didn't look at a manual on how to invent the light bulb. You know, he had to walk it right. or they'll go through the process first. Yeah, it's true. It's so, so true. I, I think there's a, obviously a lot of people listening to this who are thinking, man, I would love to get deeper into this stuff. So do you do group coaching? Do, is it always only personal coaching? How, how does your coaching program work for people? Yeah, I, I have a lot of different programs. I have Manifest Your Dream Home. I have the Way to Riches program. I have a Million in a Month program. I have the Complete Author program. I have the Power Life Script program. I've got so many Pure Magic Monthly. I'm sort of like a cross. I do internet marketing and I do the author stuff, but I also mm-hmm. do like my real, real absolute love is manifesting anything, right? Like manifesting yeah. any dream that you have. Now, I also do a lot of free stuff, too. I I send out videos every week called Morning Manifestation. They're free Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, they're all tips, you know, and I just get inspired before you you guys, before the three of us got on this call together, I recorded one, and I was sharing a story of a, a client of mine who had her dream to write a book, and she didn't know what the hell she was doing. Actually, I have her book right here. It's called Angel Grandma. It's a beautiful book. And she wrote me this letter. I have that here as well. And that's why I was inspired to create this morning message is because she told me about how she she's a lawyer. I mean, that's what she was trained to do. A mother, you know, mother of two. And she had never really thought to pursue her dreams. 
because, you know, that's not what you're taught as mm -hmm. a child, right? Go be a right. lawyer, be a doctor, get a profession, get a job, forget the dreams. Yeah. <laughs> but she did it. So I do all of those things. And so people can get that by um, subscribing to your email list. Is that the best yes. way or follow yeah. you on social media? Yeah, go to PeggyMcCall.com. That's the best place because right on the front page of PeggyMcCall.com, there's a link to sign up for. Well, all of the information's there, but they can sign up for my free stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, your social media is great too because you put a lot of that, the daily videos and tips, and it's just like, you're just sewing in the people through that. And, you know, I just can't say enough about that. And I mean, Thank that's you. why, you know, we connected is because I follow you on Instagram. I was like, oh, I love Peggy's messages on a daily basis. I want to see if we can, you know, share that with more of the world. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, I'm very blessed with a wonderful team as well. And uh, I've, you know, brought on some folks that are like-minded. They're passionate about the message and, and, uh, you know, it's just wonderful to do what you love and love what you do and get to do it every single day. It's just an absolute blessing. I never, ever, ever take it for granted. I feel so grateful. Yeah, that's and so awesome. And I, th I real quick, if you jump into Rex, I just want to say that for anyone who's listening to this, like, that can be your reality too. Like, don't think that this is just, oh, this is great yeah. that Peggy did that. You know, like, this could be your reality also. So true. And for, uh, do you have any upcoming events that uh, people might be able to check out as well? Yeah, we're doing an event here in beautiful Ottawa, our nation's capital in Ontario, Canada. I'm doing an event with Phil Goldfine. And Phil Goldfine is an Academy Award winning producer. He's also a gold medalist. He's won not from Olympics, but from swimming. He's won an Emmy, a Tony, a Panda. He's so many awards. Wow. And yeah. um, I met Phil through Bob Proctor, actually. And he's Bob Proctor always says that Phil's his best student. And um, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely a good student of Bob's. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's created amazing things in his life. So Phil and I decided that we would do an event together. It's called Masters Manifesting. And it's right here in Ottawa, May 9th and 10th. It's a live event and it's open to the public. Anyone can grab their tickets while they're still available. So we just started promoting it. So it's mastersmanifesting.com. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. We'll yeah. add that to the show notes as well as a Thank you. As your main site. Yeah, you've just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to share your corner of the universe with us. <laughs> I love my corner of the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you guys are doing the work that you're doing as well. Keep uh, it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you. All right. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, thanks, Becky. If you liked today's episode, you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation, a fancy way of saying light therapy? Or stem cell activation. That's right, I said stem cells. The big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well, you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.